Bush and Ritchie with another daily takeaway. Uh, we are really, really excited for what you are about to hear in this episode. It's going to knock your socks off. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Ritchie's Daily Takeaway. So Wednesday 6th of July, I had to remind myself uh, of that fact earlier on today uh, when I got a voice note from my son asking me to pass a message to Santa. Santa? <laughs> I wasn't prepared what? for that. You can understand it uh, when it, you know, gets... Yeah, we're talking about a four-year-old here. You can understand it maybe when it gets closer to October and things are a little bit darker in the evenings and all that kind of stuff. But 6th of July, to get a message saying, Daddy, could you speak to Santa about the dinosaur car that I want at Christmas? Tell Rocco as well, write a letter like all the other kids. Stop <laughs> trying to get it, jump the queue by getting you to have a word. Like, you think you've got Santa on the line or something like that, do you It's know what a mean? very good point. It's a very good point. But, I mean, with four-year-olds, it's a hard one to try and discipline them in time and like July mate not not at the moment all right four-year-olds are terrible with their knowledge of seasons <laughs> it always winds me up <laughs> I know some uh, mid-40s that are pretty bad with their knowledge of seasons still don't well. know the order don't know the order <laughs> every every single new season is always a surprise but it feels very out of season so I would love to hear from you today doesn't have to be Christmas related might be a food item that you've randomly seen in the shops for a different season or, or or just something's cropped up that feels really out of season. Not something that should be happening to you on the 6th of July. Well, for example, uh, me, my dad and my brother want to go and get up and see an Everton game. Mm -hmm. We've come out of the bunker, going to go back up to Goodison. We haven't managed to get to a game together for ages because of kids and all that kind of stuff and us being terrible. Uh, and I think the first home game that we can all get to is October 22nd against Crystal Palace. No way. So we're having to like, talk about October weekends and the lead-up to Christmas, and it, it makes me feel a bit sick. <laughs> it's a bit of a panic going on, do you know what I mean? So, out-of-season things, exactly like that. Uh, Steve said he's just passed a pub in Norwich, which is advertising England's World Cup games four months early. Now, he's actually Ooh. gone and sent a, uh, a, a picture as well, November 21st, 25th and 29th, just in case you want to get them in your diary. It's weird, the, these out-of-season things are either like, welcome, like that, that yeah. I kind of like that, or like, I'll get lost. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, people trying to like hawk Christmas stuff. Or people just can't be asked. Tom says, I've walked past a house this morning with its Christmas decorations still up. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Right, keep them coming. Janie has texted saying, your son's not as out of season as you think. I worked in retail for 50 years and the week around the 4th of July is when Christmas planning meetings start and buyers start buying. So he's actually trying to help Santa out with his whole buying, planning and acquisition it kind of routine. It sounds like maybe even the elves' factories start going in Lapland in this very week. It's good to know they've got a plan. They've got Isn't a rotor it? and stuff yeah. going on. Uh, Donna, we've got Donna on the line. What out of season thing's been going on around your house then? Um, well, we, we told our four-year-old son last year that all CCTV cameras were Father Christmas cam, um, and now he always looks around him before he goes anywhere to determine whether he's going to be good or bad. Wow, so he, he's got an entire like fear of surveillance now because he might miss out on presents. Yeah, pretty much. So there's George Orwell writing 1984, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's always watching you, and, and you're going on a, a different way. It's It's about behaviour and Chrissy presence. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, he, he's he's always a bit of a mischievous one, and always knows how to misbehave. Is that him in the background there, misbehaving? Yeah, that's that's a baby one who's learning very quickly how to misbehave. 
Do you know, it sounds like bedlam there. I, I think the CCTV route is one worth going. If you, if it keeps people calm and then uh, behaving themselves, then it's, it works, surely. Yeah, he, he does. I mean, he he has a fear of police officers already. So, but I think that's from, <laughs> don't we all? Don't we all, mate? I, I think that's from his dad. And we were walking down the street in Norwich, and he just came around and went, "Look, mummy, it's the fuzz." As I quickly ran away. <laughs> <The fuzz>. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Tricky says, "I'm hoping this is out of season, but my wife has asked me how I would like my funeral today: <laughs> cremation or burial." I don't know if she's planning something, but I will sleep with my eyes open tonight. Context. The show 8 12 15. That's what Tony's done. He says, Guys, I walked into a pub last Saturday and we were instantly given a Santa hat to wear. It was a Christmas party in June. It's all going on at the moment. Out of season things everywhere. Uh, Lewis is another who has experienced something. What's happened, Lewis? Well, I found uh, I, I was looking in my cupboards for something for lunch this morning. I found right at the back, there wasn't much, but I found right at the back Christmas pudding. And it happened to be going out of date today. So I thought I'll take that to lunch. Uh, I've taken it to the site where I'm working. I've just had it for lunch. Wow, so just, just to confirm, because it's not a great phone line here, Lewis, are you telling oh, okay. us that you have found a Christmas pudding that was about to go out of date in your cupboard and you've microwaved that on a building site and you're eating it now? Yeah. <laughs> and my boss has seen me had it and he said, oh, I've got one in my cupboard still. I'll have that. I'll have that this evening after dinner. And Lewis, tell us, how does a Christmas pudding taste in July in 24 degree heat? Ah, it's a bit warm. <laughs> it's a bit warm. <laughs> you must be the talk of the building site then, the fella sweating cobs eating a Christmas pudding in 25 degree heat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Nay's hanging on. What has happened to you? Uh, so today I had to say bye to my boss because she's going away for nine weeks. And by the time she gets back, I'm going away for three months. And I won't see her again until January 2023, which just felt very strange. It's weird, though, isn't it? Most people listening to this will probably be quite glad to see the back of their boss for uh, that amount of time. <laughs> no, no, like, we get on really well, so there was... We, we cried and everything. <laughs> I mean, just to make clear, I'm sure if you and I were saying goodbye to our boss, we would be crying we would, until be January... Bits, wouldn't be able to see her. just um, covering things here. That's the weird thing, though, isn't it, Nay, when your, your prison sentences slightly overlap, like the pair of you two? <laughs> Nay? Nay? Yeah, no, I'm still there. OK, oh. phew. Um, yeah, like, I, we're, we're really good friends, so it's, it, was, uh, it was hard, but it, we'll see each other soon. She said, you know, we'll message. She's going to Kenya, which is very exciting. Lovely. And what are you doing then? You're, she's going to Kenya, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to Qatar to work the World Cup for three months. Whoa! Whoa. Can you get us tickets, could you, Nay? Can you get us tickets? I don't know. I'm the medical cover, so I don't think so. We, we know our first date. <laughs> <laughs> That's a no. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, well, I don't know. I don't think I can. Um, fair fair well, enough. We'd be no use. That sounds amazing, though. Well, good on you. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. It's the final week, 10 weeks of tickets, and we've got the chance for you to be winning your way to see the brilliant Coldplay in August in London. The band's brand-new tour is called Coldplay Music of the Spheres. And we've devised a game that is surely going to be getting us an award at the Arias. Uh, the next time that comes round, don't normally keep it in my diary because never get invited. But what we're going to be doing is dropping a spherical object onto a metal tray and seeing whether you can guess what it is just from the sound of the damn thing. Yes, the most famous metal tray 
in showbiz is back. That today was my fist. It's not my forehead. I'm not doing that again. No, like no. Yesterday, I just I didn't feel right all of last night because Big of mistake. that. So a sphere is about to be dropped uh, from a height by our producer. Now on Monday it was a sphere that you you could eat. Uh, yesterday it was a sphere that you would definitely not eat. Today it is a sphere that can be consumed. I wouldn't want to eat it. Although to be fair, our middle daughter does like eating them. Yeah. So make of that what you will. Summary, I'd say. In summary, yeah. I, you might not want to eat it. <laughs> We're trying to help. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the sound of the sphere. Oh, it's a bouncy one. Flamboyant. It bounced right off the tray. Should we have it again? Yes, first one that's bounced off the tray. It really was amazing. It's done it again. One more one more time just for luck. Here we go. Yeah. This time it's sat. Just have a sat and rolled around for a little bit. Do you know what that is? Do you know what that sphere is? Who's this? Oh, hi, my name's Carol. Hello, Carol. You all right, Carol? I'm very well, thank you. What are you having for your tea this evening, Carol? We just wanted to check. Well, my tea this evening, I've already had. Wow, OK. I had a, a late lunch. I met my dad and I've had some moors and fritz today. Moors and fritz? Yes. Well, we'll be eating that La Rochelle That's week. more La Rochelle than what we've been doing. That's unbelievable. When did you win the lottery then, uh, Carol? When was that? A couple of weeks ago? Or? Uh, I didn't win the lottery. I wasn't in La Rochelle. I wish I was. No, I was in Hyde with my dad, and sitting on the, in the, on the seafront in a restaurant having moors and fritz, which was wonderful. Oh, so that's amazing. I was in La Rochelle. Well, I doubt we're going to top that bar giving you Coldplay tickets. Carol, what's the sphere? Well, I was having an R ring, and I'm going to say apricot. No, sorry. Oh, lucky oh, Carol. No, I want you've, you've had your more fritz, though, so you've had a great day. Good to speak to you. Bye bye, Carol. Home time, who's this? Hi, it's Brad from Braintree. All right, Brad. Brad, you're okay? Not too bad. I've got COVID, as you can probably tell by the sound of my voice. You what? <laughs> He's got COVID. I've got, yeah, got COVID. Oh, blimey, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, let's hopefully we can cheer you up by you winning something brilliant. That would be good, wouldn't it? It'll be gone by the time Coldplay come around. Uh, what's the sphere, Brad? <laughs> Is it a lemon? <laughs> it is. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Good lad. Even though you've been trapped in the house in tracky bottom, sneezing left, right, and centre, it hasn't dulled your ability to identify a sphere <laughs> dropped onto a metal tray. <laughs> no, it hasn't. Definitely not. You have lucky COVID. Happy days. A lesser, Happy days. a lesser known strain. Lucky COVID. <laughs> no, very much so. <laughs> well, you rest yeah, up, get, get yourself ship shape for the Coldplay gig next month, and uh, take care of yourself. Well done. Perfect. Thank you. Cheers. This is Bush and Rich's daily takeaway. Oh, we want to say a huge thank you uh, to everyone who has got in touch over the past what, couple of days Ooh. to share their memories of uh, Happy Days doing French GCSEs, La Rochelle specifically. It all started, if you remember, on Monday, and we have to say thank you again to listener Jed, who out the blue sent us a copy of his Tricolor French GCSE textbook that he found when clearing out his parents' loft. And it's been a roller coaster of nostalgia ever since. It's been fantastic. We appreciate you getting involved. We thought that was kind of it, done and dusted, until a letter landed on our inbox this morning. Little would listener Jed know that him finding that book would mean we'd get a letter from our show sponsors, Tesco Mobile. Here oh, we go. Blimey. Hello, Bush and Ritchie. Or should I say, bonjour. 
Nice. We've been listening to the show the last couple of days, as we always proudly do at Tesco Mobile HQ, and we're very interested to hear you chat about the Trickalore book that got sent in by one of your listeners. That's Jet. Good old Jet. We were even more interested when yesterday the two of you started talking about how you'd love to go to La Rochelle and pay homage in person to the city we all heard so much about at school. Well, we think we can help. As you may know, here at Tesco Mobile, we have no roaming fees in the EU and beyond this summer. So, how about we send the two of you over to La Rochelle to broadcast home time back to the UK next week using some of our fancy 4G? As you can take your minutes, texts and data to 48 countries, we could even send some listeners away on a holiday all next week too. What do you think? As we like to say here at Tesco Mobile, chaque petite contribution. That is every little helps, by the way. <laughs> Lawrence, Tesco Mobile, Grand Fromage. We've been given the green light. Literally, cannot believe it. Go on and kiss Lawrence on both cheeks. Headed, well, kiss the headed notepaper. I'm going to kiss it. <laughs> Genuinely, I just thought it would stay as a myth, La Rochelle. You know, we've had some amazing memories from people about the place, people have been there on holiday, and it, I, we've just been talking after the show. It sounds brilliant, yeah. doesn't it? But I thought, ah, well, I'm never going to get there. La Rochelle, mon chéri! I don't know what that means, but I know you're excited. <laughs> I am indeed more excited than you probably realise. Now, obviously, this is this is very exciting. This is good for us, because we want to go. We want to go and have some hijinks in France. Yes. We want you guys to be part of it as well. It's good for you lot, because as Tesco Mobile said, you guys are going to win some good holidays yes. next week as well. The thing that's popped into my head, I am my own man, but <laughs> instantly I'm thinking, what's Katie going to say? I've not really said anything to her about this. <laughs> well, I'm in a similar situation, but I don't have to check with Katie. Uh, I can see on WhatsApp my text being read, but there's been no response. <laughs> You've been blue ticked, I've been blue ticked, time. <laughs> I'll put peer pressure on. Please, please do. Um, early signs, train nerd here, yep. looking at things, suggest that we can definitely be out there for Thursday and Friday's show next week. So this would be a bit of a dream for you, because you get to go on some like foreign trains. Like, have you been on any of them ones on your simulator? <laughs> French, have you got French train sim 2022 at all? Look, we're, if we're going abroad together, for a don't start rubbing me up the wrong way. We have to spend time <laughs> together, all right? But it means that we need your La Rochelle intel more than ever before. Yes. So, uh, again, I wish we'd written it down when we were talking to people now yesterday. <laughs> uh, Nick says, say magnifique. Watson says, ouh la bibliothèque. Ouh la bibliothèque indeed, Watson, mate. And then uh, this text says, hi, can me and Sophie come? We're a right laugh. Hashtag oi oi. <laughs> I'm just like getting on the trip, but you guys are going to win some holidays next week as well. So everyone's a winner. Uh, yeah, we are excitedly clutching Lawrence's letter from Tesco Mobile, giving us that. Don't lose that; it's proof. You can't go back on it now, Lawrence, mate. <laughs> that might not work at the Eurostar Gate, but um, yeah. Just show it to customs; it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, we were talking earlier about. Um, things that have happened today that fell out of season. Everything crashing together here from Elaine. My son lived in La Rochelle. I went in December 2015. <laughs> Boy, do they know how to celebrate Christmas. Perfectly knitting together the two parts of the show. <laughs> yeah. Well done, Elaine. Uh, we will have to uh, check that out next week. Yeah. Uh, which is very exciting. Further intel coming in. Now people know that we are going. Uh, Adam, you've been. Tell us some more. So, uh, yeah, we went there. I must have been maybe six or seven. Okay. And all I remember is the historic walls, and in true British fashion, my brother and I begging my parents for some horrifically awful ninja swords from the local <laughs> shop. <laughs> and charging around, 
beating each other on these walls with these in, until eventually my parents took them off us. Brilliant, getting properly uh, told off. Uh, that last holiday yeah, you're coming on, you're, yeah, you're a disgrace, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Worst kids in the world. Yeah, the, the, the locals did a lot of um, tutting, I think, as we charged past them in in true early '90s fashion as well. So yeah, we didn't we didn't do the Brits any any joy there. But yes, Rochelle, La Rochelle is real. Well, Bush, when we go, uh, I'm sure the walls are still there. I'm sure the the tourist shops are still hey, there. We should um, go, we should go and buy some ninja swords. Dressed as a ninja. Sure the ninja swords are still there. They, you know. <laughs> do you know though? We're, we're both we love a bit of history. The pair of us, yeah, history buffs. Yeah. So that sounds like there's some good historical stuff to have a crawl around when yeah. we go. L- little known fact, full of ninjas apparently back in the day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> now you're trying to stitch us Fam- up. Famous for its ninjas, so yeah. <laughs> so look, all this talk of France uh, that's been in the show today, La Rochelle, Tricolore, that kind of thing. Actually, before we even get going into this next bit, we've put up a photo of us holding up the letter from show sponsors Tesco Mobile saying that we're going to La Rochelle. Mm. Few people have been doing a bit of photoshopping with it. Don't do that. couple of, like... <laughs> Green lights for doing the tip show, but on the continent. That's frauds. Don't do that. Also, someone else has put a big poster of uh, Disturbed Sound of Silence. <laughs> just don't... Just... Just leave it be. It's a happy thing that we've has happened to us today, so don't ruin it for us. Be pleased for us. Be pleased for us, that's what we're saying. Uh, but it's a lovely nostalgia trip all of this has been. But the real heroes amongst all this kind of French GCSE chat, of course, are the French teachers. Yeah. You never forget your yeah. French teacher. Listening now, do you remember your French teacher from back at school? They were kind of always characters, a little bit different, quite idiosyncratic compared to the rest of the school. And they always had very iconic names. So this final bit of the hometime show through till 7 o'clock tonight... Tell us the name of your French teacher from school and tell us a little bit about them. So for me, our French teacher was called Mr Gissinger. Mm-hmm. He had a beard. He looked like a, a French cartoon character. <laughs> and he could throw chalk if you weren't listening. And he was accurate up to about 200 feet. Fantastic. You'd be chatting to someone and you'd hear like a ricochet of <laughs> chalk. He'd, he'd land it near you so that you got the warning. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And we used to call him Gissy. <laughs> <laughs> Which would probably get chalk thrown at you. You'd get chalk for that. Madame Lansbury. I do hope she is listening this evening and feeling proud, but an interesting piece of trivia about Madame Lansbury handed me my only um, detention in my entire school life. Oh, really? So a blemish on your head boy career? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. In year seven, so I'd had the chance for reformation uh, before I got head boy in year 11. Dark horse, secret in the past. Uh, so tell us your French teacher's name. Andy says we had Miss Judson, who had hair like Darth Vader's helmet. Uh, Charlotte says, Monsieur Langtree, excellent teacher, despite us causing three weeks of havoc on a French exchange trip. Uh, and he was as cool as, she uses a bad word, but she sent in a photo of him. He looks like um, someone from a 70s cop drama. Very, very cool. Do you just say Monsieur? Yeah, Monsieur. Your, your pronunciation is Del Boyes. It is. I'm, ta- I'm scared week. about it next week, honestly, because I don't know anything. <laughs> and then uh, Andy Holmes says, we had a little old man called Mr Jack Bird. Never knew why he was nicknamed Jack, but if you look closely, you notice the small SAS tie pin that he had from his military oh, days. Oh, wow. What about that? So tell us then, what was the name of your French teacher at school? Eh? Was it a Monsieur? <laughs> How confusing is this from Vic, who said, my French teacher was called Mr Spain. Oh, that's messing with my head. <laughs> Twisting my melon. Uh, what about this? My old French teacher was Des Friel, Anna Friel's dad. 
and he was deadly with a board rubber. Wow. Seems to be part of like maybe you know like in the in the build up to training to be a French teacher. You know, like in World War Two, they were like bayonet in bags of grain. Maybe they're getting you to throw chalk and board rubbers, like hitting targets to see whether you're accurate or not. Uh, Mark says we had a Scottish French teacher. It was a real struggle to understand what was being said. Again, more confusion. More <laughs> confusion. Uh, Andy Abbott says our French teacher was Maggie Mountjoy. Dartford Tech, listen to this, she was ex-French resistance in World War II. Wow. Uh, so just to say earlier on, you know the competition where we dropped the uh, spherical thing onto the tray, which was a lemon? I've just squeezed the lemon and drunk it out of a uh, glass. Does that make me a weirdo? Uh, yeah. I feel good, though. I feel <laughs> I alive. I you do, Pep. I love, I love drinking uh, lemon stuff. It makes me feel alive. And lime as well. Uh, look, we've had uh, a lot of chat about uh, La Rochelle, France. We're going to La Rochelle next week. It's an amazing thing. Uh, we've been celebrating not just the whole French GCSE thing, but also our French teachers from the past. Tell us the name of your French teacher at school. Damon says, my French teacher was a chap called Mr Dickinson, an utter legend, an all-round nice guy, whose classroom was adorned with French posters and one Iron Maiden poster. When asked the relevance, he simply replied, Oh, that, that's my nephew's band. Yes, he was Bruce Dickinson's uncle. I think that just about trumps Anna Friel's dad from earlier on. Uh, this one says tr from Trish, Miss Thurlow, who wore a stiletto red suede boots with a fur lining, the only class the boys behaved in. Uh, Billy says uh, our French teacher was called Peter Bird, obviously immediately nicknamed Owazu. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. And Madame Shrigley getting a nod here. Uh, we had French after swimming and the pool was a five-minute walk from the French room. In dribs and drabs, we'd all come back from swimming and each have to say, Je m'excuse, madame, d'être en retard, je vais aller à la piscine. Nearly 40 years later, <laughs> I reckon all my form would still be word perfect. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Oh, I got uh, my head turned on the tube. Uh, it was uh, a celebrity spot but even the gentleman that I'm about to tell you about I'm sure he wouldn't say that he was right up there in tier A of uh, celebrity um, you know um, if you're watching your news programs say for example there is some baggage disruption at Heathrow Airport yeah they'll go to this bloke on the news say for example there's some industrial action on the trains they'll go to this bloke say for example um, there's problems at Eurotunnel this bloke will be there he's always there Independent travel ex expert Simon Calder. Can you picture the fella? He's he's a very knowledgeable guy. Yeah. I don't mean it in a bad way. He's the only travel expert that doesn't look like he's been on holiday for quite a while. <laughs> you know the guy? I know the guy. Uh, I was on the Victoria Line on the way in today, and then suddenly, doors open, on comes independent travel expert Simon Calder. Yeah. And I could not stop looking at the guy. I'm thinking, it's him. It's him off of outside St Pancras when Eurostar got problems, or it's him off of when a baggage belt's broken at Heathrow and it's yeah. all piling up like a mountain <laughs> of suitcases. It's him. I couldn't stop looking at him. And, of course, we're a day after, like, a train strike. And he sits down, he gets his laptop out, and he's, he's typing stuff. I'm thinking, this is it, I'm in the middle of the whole thing. Could not stop looking. If it was, like, a, a, some top-tier Hollywood actor, I think I would have been like, better not look. Yeah. It's Hollywood actor over there. <laughs> but I'm thinking, it's Simon Calder off of the news. Can't stop looking. I think sometimes when there's people that are part of your daily routine, like he's on Sky News and stuff like that quite so a lot. Much. Even like weather people I always find like have a almost uh, higher charting success, almost if it was a festival of, of celebrity. They're, they're nearer the main stage than probably what they should be if you actually think about it, do you know what I mean? <laughs> just because they're part of your daily life. One more piece of feedback for him, just in case things go nice and quiet over the summer holidays.
holidays uh, with travel. Don't think that's going to happen. Um, I reckon he could do a good job as a David Moyes lookalike, because in real life, it could equally have been David Moyes. The Daily Takeaway. Russian Richie's Daily Takeaway. There's the show. It's been uh, 24 hours of breaking news, to be honest with you. But I tell you what, another bit of breaking news. I've just had a reply from my other half, Katie. I'm allowed to go. This is fantastic. We always say to you guys that by listening to the Daily Takeaway, you get the bespoke, the bespoke material. All those lemons who listen to the live radio show, they don't yet know that you've had the official yes. They've got no idea. And just by you saying lemon again, makes you want to squeeze and drink another one. (laughs) 